What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits. Hey, making these flips. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Hey, another day, baby. Holding it down, man. Glad to see the Saints play. Hey, when they come up with a W, but it's all good. 100% 2-1 in the preseason. They threw up that graphic last night showing that we had never gone undefeated in the preseason. So I was kind of rooting to go ahead and, and change that. But still some good play that we saw out there, especially from specific players that we'll get to in a minute. Um, today's show, as always, we start with the Saints. Uh, we'll move around to some NFL news, and then we'll jump into making our predictions for the AFC West and the NFC West. Uh, the last two episodes, because we had to split it up, we predicted the NFC South and the AFC South. Um, and so now we're jumping into the West uh, of those two conferences. Um, uh, game three, preseason, New Orleans Saints, Houston Texans had the Superdome. Uh, not going to say it was packed, but it was rocking, especially right. for a, a preseason game. Um, That's lost, all to, lost to Houston 17-13, to 13, but there was a lot of takeaways from this game. What, what did you get from it? The only takeaway I got was Jimmy Graham can still play football. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he got, you know, I think it was two back shoulder throws in that game. One was down the field in the seam for like 30, 40 yards, and then the touchdown. That was the, the icing on the cake for me. Like, that was really no route. It was nothing. I'm about to box him out. I'm 6'8", throw the ball up. Like, I mean, yeah. it was it was very pleasing. And until yesterday, we was – Jimmy Graham was very limited in the Orleans Saints role. Although it's preseason, it was still limited. And he's, what, 35, 36 30, now or something yeah. like that, 34. So you want to see, you know, if he can still run. Can he still move? Do, you know, can he – we still can stiff arm somebody. What, what can he bring to the team? We know we got him for red zone uh, targets and things of that nature. But, you know, you just wanted to see some sign, some light, uh, some football was still left in the tank. And he, he done that yesterday. Uh, so, like I said, I, the only takeaway I had was it was the Jimmy, the Jimmy Graham show for me, man. Everything else was uh, what the Saints advertised for all of this preseason. And uh, and crazy <clears throat> crazy enough, that wasn't even anything I really paid any mind to because once again wow. he proved in training camp that he could still pre- you know present those moments, which is all we need, which is all you're looking for from him is moments. You don't need him, you know, to be a, your tight end one, your tight end two. Hell, he ain't got to be your tight end three. But in the red zone, you know, when we need those, you know, those those tough yards, can you still go up there and get it? And he showed that he can absolutely do that. Um, for me, man, Lucas Crow is the first person that comes to mind. I, I tweeted uh, during the game yesterday, I said, damn, Lucas Crow is going to be on a 53-man roster that's not in New Orleans. And that tight end, okay. that, yeah, it won't, it won't be here, unfortunately. No. Mm-hmm. The, dude is, the dude is special. Like, that, that, that dude is going to be really good. Um, it just won't be in New Orleans. And that's unfortunate. Uh, once he gets waived, somebody else is definitely going to pick him up to where he can't make it to our practice squad. Um, but, yeah, the dude is good, and he has a real connection with Jake Hayner. Uh, in the fourth quarter, especially late, Jake Hayner just started forcing the ball to him like crazy. And that, honestly, 
and that honestly led to us losing as well because Jake Hannon just had it on his mind as soon as he liked the football that he was going to Lucas Crow. Um, but they do have a connection, and that matters. But it's something that, of course, once again with Jake Hayner, he will be on a, on our fifty three man roster. I don't think Lucas Crow makes it there. Um, Brian Brzee, he showed a lot uh, in yesterday's game as well. Um, once again, we're going to have a big rotation across that defensive line. So every player who, uh, well, not every player, but a lot of the players that's been playing a lot of this uh, preseason are guys who are going to actually be playing roles for us going into the season. So just seeing those guys being able to go out there and make plays and show um, how much better they're getting uh, every week, that, that was real good to see as well. Um, we spoke about him working on his pass rush moves. Uh, he, he pulled out oh, yeah. the spin move again last night, and it worked. Uh, yeah. Beat the guard instantly. Beat the guard instantly. The guard was holding his arm uh, for the rest of the play. I'm not sure if he was really banged up. Or not, but I think it was more embarrassment more than anything, man. Yeah. He, he made him. He made him look bad. And and like you said, the more that this kid gets a chance to play, the better he looks. So I, I'm sure it's just going to be timing. Um, you know, it takes for him to come along and be a full-time starter. And the other takeaway for me was a negative one, but it's something me and you have touched on. And uh, a lot of, I mean, anybody who's been paying attention to training camp has touched on. Keep Alante Taylor away from that slot. Please. I, Alante Taylor, I love you. You could be, you you really had an opportunity to be the number two cornerback, but I think, I think Parson Adebo is going to be that, especially going into oh, the yeah. season. But slot-wise, yeah, no, we can't. Uh, Hugo Amadi, uh Bradley Roby, anybody other than Alante Taylor. You know, it, yeah, it was it was evident again last night. And once again, it's, it's not easy to just be like, oh, I'm going to go play slot cornerback. So just the fact that he's working at it and, you know, actually trying to be decent at it is something that's just not, not right now. We can't, yeah. we can't put ourselves in that position, even though, you know, when you think about it and people say, oh, put the best 11 players out there. Well, you know, once he gets moved into the slot role, he's no longer one of the best 11 on the field. So, um, and I'm yeah. going to tell, tell you something else that I think we always overlook a lot. Alante Taylor is, a, is pretty good on the outside boundaries of a corner. So if you got him outside, he's, he's not a liability anymore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's within those best 11 players, I feel. He yeah, just 100%. Just made it. Uh, but I think we all we also forget that sometimes in football the best corner follows, and if that's the case, Marshawn Lattimore has played slot in his career. He's followed the best receiver mm-hmm. and locked up in the slot, and he's, he's he's done very good during the course of his career, even as a rookie. You know, working on some of the the big name uh, receivers back in the day when you know he was first coming in, the Julio Joneses of the world, the Mike Evans or whatnot. Uh, so that's still um, you know a situation where you say, hey, Bradley Roby's hurt, right? Uh, it's still a situation where we can put Lattimore on the inside and still have Alante Taylor on the outside. Very unlikely. Yeah, but, I was about to say that's definitely yeah, last case scenario yeah, type yeah, stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. So, so hopefully we're not, we not getting to those stages of moving players around like that. <laughs> um, Anything else you want to say wise you wanted to touch on real quick going into, you know, cutting down from 90 to 53? Um, I haven't seen any so far. I don't think I don't think I've seen no. any cuts from New Orleans so far. No. So you know that's 
they're revving up to that. That's definitely going to be an all-day thing when it comes to the news cycle of players getting cut. But uh, any other thoughts just about the Saints, you know, going into uh, that? Our second our second team offensive line is real bad. Um, and it's no, it's no hiding it. <laughs> uh, thank God that we do have uh, Rocky Mar- uh What's his name? Uh, Brockmorton. Kelvin Brockmorton, yeah. Who can play tackle and, you know, Andrews Pete doesn't look like he's going to start. It kind of looks like he's still coming along from the injury. I don't yeah. think he's uh, 100% right now. So more than yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely part of it as to why, you know, James Hurst is looking like he's going to be starting. Yeah. yeah. So, so thank God we do have a tackle and a guard that we can plug and play. But as a whole, man, that, that line, that second, that second string line doesn't look good at all. But even with that, I mean, the injuries throughout training camp and this preseason have prevented us from actually seeing what our real second, you know, second offensive line uh, a mismatch of players. You know, being out there, you just feeling old around uh, Nick Saldivari, I always mess up his name, Nick Saldivari or um, – Lewis Kidd, or who got beat bad last night, Lewis Kidd, uh, or, you know, whoever else is feeling, uh, Maxi Garcia, uh, who's, you know, playing that backup center role. But once again, injuries haven't even allowed that chemistry to start building, you know, once again. Uh, and, and, I mean, injuries are going to happen across the offensive line, so some of these guys we're going to have to see. Um, but once again, like you mentioned, those top two guys coming in, off of the bench are guys that we've relied on before and, and we'll be right. able to rely on when that time comes. It's just hoping that we don't have to reach too far down uh, into our bench in order to, you know, uh, get some O-line depth. Yep. So that's about it. If you missed the game, that's what you missed, man. You missed a, a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of offensive linemen on the ground for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Brian Breesy put on the show. Fun kid to watch, and um, um, Isaiah uh, um, Fosky. uh, Fosaki, he he put on a good showing as well. Yeah, uh, I think this was another week that I mean, last week he came along a little bit, but a little bit uh, last week, but last night, man, he he had a couple uh, finished with a sack. I don't think he got credit, he probably got like half of a sack because uh, Breesy. Ended the play or whatever, but yeah, he got credit for a half a sack last night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, um, and what's the other kid? Uh, man, his name escapes me. But last week he had like three sacks. He had another one uh, on Sunday. Uh, Landon, I think his first name Landon. Landon something. I can't Laporta, think of his name. Laporta, something like that. But yeah, he had another good showing too. Once again, not somebody I think makes the roster, but he's definitely a practice squad. week i think right after or right before we uh we did the show uh the jonathan taylor uh deadline had been put out there as to look we want you know you got to tuesday to figure this thing out <laughs> um and i saw deanna Rusini. uh she reported earlier that the talks are ongoing and they're getting closer but it, it'll definitely come down to you know a last second thing when it comes to tomorrow it looks like miami is the front runner um, but it does look like other teams are involved as well. So that's definitely something to 
to keep an eye on because not only she said not only are they willing to make the deal for him, that, but they're willing to pay him what it is he's, he's asking for as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if somebody jumps Miami in that uh, in that sweepstakes. But hopefully for Jonathan Taylor and for us just as fans, he, he's, he's not a coach. Come the end of the day tomorrow, therefore, right. we're actually seeing him playing football week one, week two of, uh, of this season. Um, once again, other teams have been making cuts. Nothing too crazy so far. Uh, the wildest thing I saw earlier was Colt McCoy being cut. I didn't think that was – that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Right. Um, you, you trade for Josh Dobbs last week, uh, which – isn't better than Cole McCoy, um, but but also uh, your rookie who is a fifth uh, a fifth round pick and he's looked decent, but again, not as good as Cole McCoy. And Cole McCoy was by far the longest tenured quarterback in that system. He was real familiar with was with what was going on there. Um, so that was a head scratcher. But um, besides that, I haven't seen anything nothing crazy uh, too crazy yet. I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna get to that point, but. I haven't seen anything too crazy yet, but once again, you got 32 teams going from 90 to 53 um, in the next 20. So there's going to be players out there that we're looking like like that. And there's going to be a lot of trades too, people who are on the verge of getting cut, but instead get traded to another team. This initial, um, our, this initial wave of waiver wires, we can't tent on the waiver wire, which is going to allow us to be able to grab uh, a good a good amount of players if we're actually in the market for them. Uh, I think mostly if we go out there to grab anybody, it'll be O-lineman, uh, maybe still a linebacker, but O-line would definitely be where I look at us and be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going for that. I saw Derek, uh, Derek Barnett. He, he's, you know, basically gotten permission to seek uh, a better – opportunity. Philly says they want to keep him, but they understand um, they understand how much they have in their DN room and, you know, how many players they're going to be using, and he wants the opportunity to go out there and show what he can actually do. So they're going to entertain anything that they get for him, but they want to keep him. Um, yeah, I couldn't, so that's I couldn't imagine be, that be, couldn't imagine that being much. Really? Yeah. For its trade value? Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it being much. I mean, oh, I definitely think so. What he's 31, 32? I don't think he's 38. Seems like it. Not Derek Barnett. I'll check though. But uh, that's going to be an interesting one to see. I saw earlier that uh, Darnell Mooney, he may also be a a, a trade candidate here in the next day or so, too. Uh, Yeah, he's only 27. 27? Yeah. Seems so much older than that. So yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be some teams looking at him uh, over the next 24 hours or so as well. Yeah, but the Eagles—they just so deep; they don't have to really entertain, uh, you know, anybody that's you know playing time uh, or, or anything of that nature. I mean, they're going to get to the quarterback, stop the run by committee, man. They got a ton of guys over there. But that's crazy. Yeah, it's and like, that's the thing. Been in the league for so much longer than that. <laughs> that's crazy. And that's the thing, like, it's, it's crazy to be fuck off, you know, excuse my language, but for them to be like, look, we understand that you want that playing time. I think I think this is a contract year for him. 
So they understand that he wants that playing time to be able to show what he can do, you know, so right. he can lead into free agency strong. Um, so that's, I mean, respect for that for sure. Um, Trey Lance, we we haven't been on here since the the San Francisco 49ers finally admitted they wrong and traded Trey Lance um, for a fourth round pick um, to the Dallas Cowboys. There were two other teams who had put out offers. Uh, that were reported to be six-round picks. What was it? The Buffalo Bills and the Ravens. I think it was the Ravens. Um, but that were offering six-round picks, but Dallas came through, offered a fourth-rounder, got them. I don't go. What do you think about it? My my first initial reaction to the trade itself was San Francisco struck gold. Uh, Fourth round pick, we don't like put a lot of high value on fourth round picks, but the fact you got a fourth round pick for Trey Lance, who the world felt like you reached for in the beginning, and you gave Mm -hmm. up so much for. Uh, to get mm-hmm. a four-round pick for him. And after we saw him for preseason, it would have been different if they didn't advertise him for preseason. And then they went out and got a fourth-round pick. I would have been like, okay. But after seeing him this preseason, and you still got a fourth-round pick? Oh, yeah. San Francisco probably helps him back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, let's get you up out of here, bro. You got to get to Dallas. Uh, but I'm happy for Trey Lance, right? This is what he wanted. He wanted a, a fresh start. Um he gets the uh, a, a redo. He gets a, a do-over, as they say, man. So I'm I'm happy for him. He's still young, and I wish him the best. But he didn't look hot at all, man, uh, this preseason. I mean, he looked pretty bad. And it was a lot of speculation that, hey, this may still be Trey Lance's team. We saw what Brock Purdy done last year, but this may still be Trey Lance's team. And the San Francisco fan base, they were crazy over Trey Lance. From the day they drafted him, they wanted him to be the face of the franchise. So he had all the support in the world. It just didn't pan out and translate on the field. Um, so I that's what fans wonders. That's what fan bases do, though. They they try to get behind the guy until they give them reason. Until he gives them reason to not be behind them. Um, like you said, from from the day he was drafted, we knew that that wasn't the answer. Uh, I'm, no, I, I, I thought he was. I'm not gonna lie. I thought he was when he okay. Got and, and you're not the only one. There were a lot of people. I, and some of it was, well, it's Kyle Shanahan. He has to know exactly. something that we don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they traded up for this. They got to be taking Mac Jones. Like, that was that's how I looked at it. I was like, Mac Jones is the perfect player for them going forward. Um, and now here we are, what, two two years later? He missed his entire first season? Mm-hmm. Um, or did... Or was he just? He basically missed his whole first season. Well, no, he was healthy though. He just didn't play his first yeah, his first right. season. He and then last him. season, <laughs> he started. Um, he started game one, played game two, and they got hurt. I want to say I don't think he made it all the way through the second game of the season before he got hurt. So I mean, technically, we we haven't seen what he can and can't be, honestly. Right. Um, but. San Francisco struggle with Brock Purdy. We talking about them striking gold. That's where they struggle. They struggle. They struggle with Brock Purdy being the last pick in the draft and him turning to be something worth anything. Um, and once again, them getting a fourth round pick is definitely a win for them. 
Um, don't think that they should have got anything close to that, but you know that obviously other teams were interested in being able to get him in there in their building and seeing what they could do with him. Um, so I mean that I mean it worked out. It didn't work out for him, but getting moving on from him for a first fourth round pick was definitely better than the alternative. And out of all the quarter, out of all the teams that that were interested in Trey Lance's services, I thought the Ravens would be the team that would have offered the fifth round, maybe, because I had everybody basically ordering, you know, six and whatever, some some player that they just wanted to part ways with. Uh, but the Ravens made more sense to me to offer more, but it might have been the Cowboys. And I'm going to say, and I'm going to say, it, it made sense to me that it was the Cowboys because, once again, that contract ends before uh, Lamar Jackson contracts ends or Josh Allen contracts end. Um, once again, Jerry Jones have had some mixed feelings about that since he, since before giving him this contract. So, you know, the signs are on the wall that look, man, we're still looking at ways to replace you going forward if this doesn't turn around. So, yeah, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I don't think Trey Lance pans out for them either. But, you know, being able to get somebody in the building uh, and you're looking at, I think, two more years of that uh, to see if, you know, anything rubs off on Trey Lance or if you can make Trey Lance into something going forward uh, beyond uh, that current contract. And this had nothing to do with contracts for me. I just saw this as a two-year window to have a backup quarterback, a serviceable backup quarterback that uh, kind of fits the scheme, especially with the Ravens. Oh, no. Two in Dallas. One more time. No, I was saying it's not about that because he won't be QB two in Dallas. No, 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 not this year. But I'm saying next year, if this time comes back around and he's still on the roster and he's the number two quarterback, I'm saying that's not it's not shocking to me or anything. Yeah, but a fourth round pick. Yeah. Once again, I don't. I don't know. Once again, that, that's hoping that he's better, just a little better than Cooper Rush, and like that, like that doesn't help you any, honestly. Um, but I mean, I guess we'll see. Cooper Rush won what as a as a starting quarterback last year? What did he go five and one? Five and one. Five and one. I think. I think his loss was the Eagles. Something like that. I think. Sounds all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Too much about Trey Lance. <laughs> so last week we did our predictions for the AFC South and the NFC South. We both came to the same conclusions of one team. Uh, I mean, each division presenting only one playoff team. We had the New Orleans Saints in the NFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC South. Um, today we're going to tackle the AFC West. West and the NFC West. Uh, let's start with the NFC West, because I feel like that's going to be the easier one to blow through for sure. Uh, so, so we both got the Cardinals winning that division. Easily. Running away with it. Like, we just both right. I think this one's going to be much different from what we had last week, right? Because we agreed on a bunch a bunch of picks, a bunch of players, all this good stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But this division is very competitive. 
Which one? The NFC East. West. I'm sorry, West. I think it's going to be very competitive. Um, okay. That's why, that's, I, that's, I, oh, yeah. Let's yeah, let go. Because I've been excited. I was dreading <laughs> covering this division. But now I'm, I'm happy. So, go ahead. This division, to me, relies on how well Geno Smith can play this season. If he can play like Geno Smith of last year, I think Seattle has a chance of competing, not winning, but seriously competing for this division. I do think the Seattle Seahawks make the playoffs. They may not represent their division, right? Mm-hmm. Because San Francisco is the better team. But if if Geno can play how he played last year, I think they have a chance. If we recall the playoff game, Geno gave Seattle a puncher's chance in that game. That was a game in, up until halftime when they allowed Christian McCaffrey to score the touchdown right before halftime to kind of blow the game open in a way because San Francisco mm-hmm. got the ball again back at half, scored again. And we all knew that Seattle didn't have the beef up front. They didn't have the tackles. They didn't have the, the aggressive front seven to hang with San Francisco. Um, I really thought Seattle was going to take everything that they had, throw it to the D-tackle position, and they were kind of smarter than that. They they picked and choose players that they felt fit the scheme um, yeah. to go along with what they already had, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to start with the one guy I was most excited about, right? And that guy was Bobby Wagner. We saw Bobby Wagner go play one season with the Rams, and he was still Bobby Wagner. Still fast to the ball, still run sideline to sideline, still probably the best zone linebacker in football. Uh, he's definitely up there, and that's remarkable for the, for his age. Still a tackling machine, still a vocal leader. Um, everything you look for in a linebacker, Bobby Wagner, they got him back in the in-house, right? He's going to definitely uh, rev up the defense, definitely lead the defense. Secondly, they was missing Jamal Adams. They get Jamal Adams back this year. So that's two bona fide leaders on defense, right? I don't know if it gets any more realer uh, for leadership out of those two guys. Then they went out and got Draymond Jones um, to play D-tackle. They got uh, Darren Reed in house to, to beef up the line as well. So yeah. I'm very excited about Seattle. They And they reassured Geno line. He had some line issues. They went out and got some uh, guys on that line as well. Uh, and they also drafted the kid receiver to yep. go along with Tyler Lockett and D.J. Smith and yeah. We already know what Kenny Walker was last year, right? So I'm excited about Seattle. I'm not going to lie. This was one of those teams I kind of saw them, like a lot of folks saw the Giants. You saw what the Giants did last year and you saying, hey, we're betting on Daniel Jones being even better. So therefore, we have faith in the Giants. I saw what Geno did last year, and I think Geno is going to be just slightly better. Not nothing crazy, but I think he's going to just be slightly better. That could be in the red zone. That can be uh, the last two minutes for the half, whatever. Geno has to find a way to be better. And if he can be better, I can see Seattle competing, seriously competing uh, with San Francisco. Okay, so this this still is – okay. Okay, talk about. Let's back up. Because when you said that this division is going to be competitive, I thought you meant one through four. You just mean between Seattle and San Francisco. How the hell could it be competitive 
It's not competitive. It's not a competitive division then. No, you made it seem like at least three of these teams had a chance of winning it or something like that. That's why I was like, well, what? What do you see it that I that I haven't come across? Okay, so that makes more sense. So not competitive. By the time we get to Arizona, you're probably gonna want to cut the phone off on me. Uh, I feel like their team is so bad. So, so I agree with you, Seattle. I disagree with you in in some spots. So, um, I'm guessing you're going to take San Francisco to win this division, though. Yes. Correct. Okay. Yes. So we both got San Francisco winning. We both got Seattle coming in second. I also have Seattle making the playoffs. Um, didn't see that from you. Okay. I yeah. I don't really care for too many of their off-season moves, honestly. The Draymond Jones one was a big one for me. Uh, that was probably my favorite. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, even more than Bobby Wagner, yeah. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Bobby Wagner, to me, is not something they absolutely needed, but it's good for him to be back where he should have never left, to me. So it's more of a feel-good story than that's what they absolutely needed, to me. Um, I think things would have been a little different if Bobby Wagner was a part of that team last year when they played San Francisco. Not saying the outcome would have been different, but I just think Seattle was missing a leader. They had no one on the field for them. And they were playing probably one of the best offenses, one of the most complete teams. And they were trading punches with them. And for a second, you were saying, hold up, Seattle has a chance. I mean, it was a it was a game for two quarters. Yeah, but that leader could have been Jamal Adams. Just Jamal Adams being healthy could have been a difference, you know. So, but they have but they have both now. <laughs> I mean, you're back to having both and a better D line. I'm just saying, if I'm Seattle, better D line might be a stretch too. Let's let's not. Let's, you don't think so? They had no push in the interior. Like they, they still don't have no push in their interior. Who Al Woods? Who 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 is the push in their interior? He's more of a run stopper. Jones is more of a, a D tackle that's geared to get the quarterback. You know, Jermaine Jones is a DN. Like they can try to label him as D tackle. That is a DN. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I don't, I don't feel like their D line is worse. Maybe it is better, but I don't think it's, you know, this big old upgrade that happened. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's kind. It's kind of like what. It's kind of like what we did in a way. Like we lost guys, but you brought serviceable guys in. Yeah, and exactly. Committee. You're saying by committee we're better. Like maybe and I didn't, David Onyemata is better than whoever, right? But yeah. As a whole, I feel like we're better. We're better using you know everybody we have rotation included than what we were last year. And I think the same about Seattle. Bobby Wagner is for sure an upgrade over whoever was in the middle of their defense last year. And just getting Jamal Adams back is 100% upgrade to a secondary that held their own last year anyway. Like, that defense was still solid last year, and that wasn't a, that wasn't a concern. And honestly, their offense was less of a concern last year because we're talking about Geno Smith, who was a top-five quarterback for most of the season last year, and an offense who was putting up Top five, yes, top five most points in the in the uh in the league for a lot of the season, and they just added to that. You know, you get mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker back healthy. Hopefully, you drafted an insurance policy with him with Chabernet, uh, Zach Chabernet, who's also going who's exactly. going to play. Like you don't invest in a, a player that high in the draft uh, without you know intending on actually you know using him, um, and then you double down on what was your strength, which was receiver. 
with, yeah. you know, by taking Jackson Smith and Jigba. So, if anything, I think Geno Smith can play no – if he goes out there and just plays as well as he did last year, they're setting themselves up to be in the same position as they were last year, if not better. Um, I think San Francisco would have to see probably some injuries pile up on them in order for Seattle to actually be able to take the division from them or uh, Bosa not showing up, you know, because of – but. I think they've always intended on paying him, so I think he gets paid. And, you know, that situation is resolved before game one. But, yeah, I got San Francisco probably – and once again, we're not talking about a wide margin. I think San Francisco finishes the season probably 13-4, and four, uh, and Seattle was right behind them at 11-6. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> while we're on San Francisco, and I think this is the reason why I feel like Seattle has a, a, more of a chance than you, uh, to compete for this division. Uh, we just talked about Geno Smith, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Even if he plays average, they can go out there and repeat what they did last year. Uh, there's a lot of concern around. Well, he can't play average. He has to play how he played last well, year. <laughs> that, that, that's probably going to be his average moving forward. Like, that's what we're expecting. We hope so, but once again, we have way more than last season of a sample size of Geno Smith. And last True. season was the first time we ever got that. True. I'm more concerned about Brock Purdy than I am with Geno Smith. Okay. I, I feel Geno Smith can go out and come close to doing what he did last year more than the target that's going to be on Brock Purdy. He was a, I don't want to say one-hit wonder because, I mean, he can do it again this year, but he was he was instant goal for San Francisco last year. And they, they feel so invested that, Either Trey Lance was so bad, either way, they decided to part ways and say, hey, this Trey Lance thing is over, right? Uh, we got our guy in, in Brock Purdy. But we know how quick the NFL can catch on to, you know, your your traits, your, your mm-hmm. tendencies, your, your pros and cons. So now you have a player who still was a seven-round pick. Um, no one saw him in his life, and here he is. Next to lead the San Francisco team who looks destined for a Super Bowl run, uh, he's, he's asked to go out and compete again. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as easy for him as it was last year. They got, you know, we have tape on him and all that good stuff, and we know your second year is going to be harder, right? Teams can game plan for you a little bit better. Uh, but the way everybody's looking at Geno Smith, that's kind of how I look at Brock Purdy. Still got something to prove. And we look at this completely different. I have zero worries about Brock Purdy. I think it's going to be easier for Brock Purdy this year than it was last year. Um, the first part of that is San Francisco's offense is 100% about scheme. 100%. I don't – man, you uh, had the conversation yesterday. You know how bad you have to be to not be able to be successful as the quarterback of this system. Like, Trey Lance was just that bad. It wasn't that he didn't beat out Brock Purdy. It's, what, it's that he didn't beat out Sam Donald. So, no, we're not keeping the third quarterback if you're going to be this bad. Um, I think Brock Purdy is as good as Alex Smith was in San Francisco. I mean, not Alex Smith. Jimmy Garoppolo was in San Francisco. And the thing that kept them from winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo was injury. So, you start off with Brock Purdy. He takes over in his first season. He gets you where he gets you to, and he gets hurt. Well, is that something that's going to be reoccurring like it was with Jimmy G? If so, then yeah, this team's not going far. They're going to be in the same cycle of we're going to win 11, 10, 11 games, 
and then we're going to be sent home in the division round because our quarterback, we've had to cycle through quarterbacks throughout the season. If he can stay healthy, yeah, they've got a chance of winning the Super Bowl this year as long as everything else plays right because you're looking at a team that's going to focus heavy on, of course, the run with Christian McCaffrey, and then you got uh, guys like George Kittle, who was, it was super dependable, and you got Debo Samuel, who's coming back with something to prove this season. Uh, Brandon Ayuk in another year, he's been getting better every year. Like the talent around him is is crazy, you know, to where it's not, oh, I mean, never are they going to sit back and say, Brock Purdy, you need to drop back 35 times and win us this football game. That's never going to be the case. So you're not looking for him to come and rescue you. You're looking for him to basically blend in. Uh, we all we we said it about Jimmy G a lot of the time. Just don't lose the game. You ain't gotta go win it. Just don't go out there and turn the ball over twice in horrible situations and put us put our backs against the wall. And I think Brock Purdy will be able to do that. I'm hoping he can. Right? It's a feel good story, Cinderella kind of story. Uh, you're pulling for the kid, but deep down inside, I just know how hard it is to advance from stage one to stage two. In football, that's why they have these tier two quarterbacks who who've never made that jump, or tier three quarterbacks for that for that uh, sense. That's never made the, the the step up the the tier two. The good thing about Brock Purdy is he has so much talent surrounding him, from the and offensive line to the running back core, however you want to go. And that would be my argument. Whatever whatever tier you see him in right now is good enough for him to win a Super Bowl. And if he gets better, that's just a plus. Like if he as long as he can stay healthy. As good as he was last year, that's good enough to win the Super Bowl. He doesn't have to get any better. He just has to stay healthy. And I disagree. I don't think that he has to stay healthy. I think Christian McCaffrey has to stay healthy. I think, I think Christian McCaffrey can go out. They plug in Elijah Mitchell. They're going to start back doing more with Debo Samuel. Like, they, 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 it would take a lot of injuries to pile up on that offense, I think, for things to actually start going wrong and being like, oh, now, Brock Purdy, you got to do more, and I don't think you can. Yeah, it's a big drop-off from Chris, and with all due respect for Elijah Moore, who held his own until, in, in, until the injury, but uh, it's a big jump from Christian McCaffrey to Elijah Moore. Christian 100%, McCaffrey, and I, and, but I had them as Super Bowl contenders last year before they even got Christian McCaffrey. A lot of people did. It, Christian McCaffrey just, str- just strengthened that belief. But people, once again, you're talking about a run game that's been successful with Raheem Mostert and Elijah Mitchell and whoever else you want to throw in there. Who was the Jeff somebody. Who was that? Jeff Wilson Jr. Like, yeah. yeah. They traded. They traded. They're going to be able to plug in running back to have a successful run game. No, it might not be Christian McCaffrey going out there for 1,500 yards and 600 yards receiving or whatever the case may be. But no, that run game is going to be successful because their scheme is successful. So that's what we shall see. So how do you see the rest of this division shaping up after those two, those two teams that we both have making the playoffs? Um, I guess we'll go to the Cardinals next because I still think that the Cardinals finished third in his division this year. Um, okay. We talked a little earlier about the questionable move they made, uh, trading away Colt McCoy. I mean, cutting Colt McCoy after bringing in, in uh, via trade Joshua Dobbs and, you know, rolling with um, their uh, fifth-round draft pick at quarterback for a lot through this preseason. Um, Kyler Murray went on the pup list. Uh, so he's first four weeks, we're not seeing him. We all expected that. 
I honestly don't expect to see him. If we see him at all this season, I would exactly. think it would be the second half of the season. Uh, it won't matter by then, you know. Right. Um, this team is going to do a lot of running with James Conner. Um, defensively, I think I think they're an okay defense, but if they can't put up points and they're on the field all the time, it won't matter how okay they are. They're going to look bad. Um, still, I think that this team – once again, you're talking about we know how division games go, how those can always end up being tougher than you expect and things of that nature. I can still see the Cardinals coming out of here, coming out of this season with four wins, uh, especially if Kyler Murray does return towards the end of the season and, you know, they, they start trying to put things in place for next season and things start, you know, they start trying to actually figure out what it is that they want to do going forward if they steal a couple games at the back end of the season. But I think they win four games, five games this year, and that's more than what I think the Rams are going to win, so that puts them uh, at third in this division. But there's not much to talk about when it comes to this Arizona Cardinals team except for next offseason and the position that they've put themselves in when it comes to draft capital going forward. You're absolutely right. I would love to tell you they're going to be a bad football team because of the Kyler Murray injury. He's probably going to miss 50% of the season, if not more. Uh, I would love to throw in the fact that they're missing their number one receiver from last year, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, but that has nothing to do with why this team is going to be that bad. They're just a bad football team. Um, I know Buda Baker, who's one of the best safeties in football, there's talks about, you know, he requested uh, a trade in this offseason. Um, this team just lacked leadership. Did he? Or was it just Isaiah Simmons? No, no, no. I think it was Buda Baker. I think the Buda Baker uh, speculation was even before Isaiah Simmons. It was just easier for them to part ways with Isaiah Simmons, who uh, they traded to the It would have been a lot easier to part ways with Buda Baker if he demanded a trade. I don't think so. He's too, I mean, he's still one of the best safeties in football. You're still lining out. They were still Once again, we're, but Simmons we're talking about a team who's doing their best to acquire draft capital. Imagine what you could get for Buda Baker if that's what you, you know, if, if that's what you wanted to be doing. Um, I don't think... Oh, no, yeah, I forgot about that. No, he's not going nowhere. They redid his contract, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's about to, so, but oh, he's not going nowhere. I'm talking about after, so whatever. He was... I think he just wanted more money, and he got that. I don't think he wanted out. I think he just wanted oh, more I money. He was, so he got he really that. Wanted, I think he really wanted to be out. I'm not going to lie. I think he really wanted Maybe so, but now and he's definitely going to, not going anywhere. Yeah, so. now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Money, money uh, it makes everything better. But, uh, you know, they were still had no direction to go with the defense. You know, you, you're looking at Isaiah Simmons out there still lining up as safety uh, at times. Uh, he never got a chance to rush the quarterback, which in New York, that's probably all they're going to use him. I disagree. Uh, I think he does. I think he still plays just safety in uh, New York, too. I think uh, he has to. He has to go get the quarterback. Oh, no, he doesn't. It, <laughs> it makes no sense for him to be on the field in space he for does the nothing. whole game. No, he has to go get the quarterback. I don't he care does. if it's on third down or whatever. Down. He has to have the, op- that, the opportunity to. That guy is not. He is not a linebacker in in the, in the NFL. Oh, like, no, he, you put yeah, him back there in safety, and and that's where. That's where he needs to be. Yeah, you don't have to be a, a, a linebacker to be effective blitzing the quarterback. You blitzing out of the safety position? Yeah, they have plenty of safeties over, over the NFL to, to do that. Yeah, no, nah, we not, no, no. Nah. What you mean, no? That's the thing. 
CJ Gardner Johnson was a slot corner. That's why he blitzed because he was a slot corner. He was a safety. He was a slot corner. Yeah, but I'm saying he was technically when he played. When he actually played safety, when did he get to blitz? When he was actually back there alongside Michael Jenkins, when did he get to blitz? No, when he got in. When he got in the nipple, that or when I mean when he got in the nipple and when he got in the slot, that's when he was able to blitz. I'm oh, telling you. I'm that telling you that CJ Gordon Johnson was on the field for us when he was in the slot. He never exactly. Was this isn't this isn't this isn't what Isaiah Simmons will be doing. Oh, no, well, he's not even the same player as CJ Gordon Johnson. What I'm saying is they have to allow him some opportunity to blitz the quarterback. That's what I would like. He even said it himself. He would like the opportunity to do what he yeah, feels like he does best, which is go get the quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna get that opportunity. But continue I'll, about Arizona. I'll, <laughs> but yeah, it's just just a bad bad team, man, from top to bottom. Lack of leadership. Um, and I mean, we saw the writing on the wall with Kyler Murray that came out last year. You know, whenever your quarterback is in question about leadership and preparation and things of that nature, it's never a good look for the franchise. So this is just a team, man. That you you gave them a camp of, I think you said four to five wins. Mm-hmm. That's why actually I see the Rams and I had the Cardinals winning, man, maybe two to three games this upcoming year. That's crazy because I'm not as down on their team as a whole as you are. Um, yeah. I've, I the past few years I've looked at Arizona and been like, man, that team's not a good team. And they've gone out there and done what they've done. You know, uh, last year before the Kyler injury and the year before, I mean, what this going to be his fifth year? This would be Kyler's fifth year or fourth year. Four, his fourth four. year. So his first two years, you know, them winning. I think they won ten games, games each year. Because they started. Yeah, because they started off hot and then they cooled down towards the the back half of the of each season. Um, Same Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but once again, those teams were were good. Like, like, and most of those pieces are still floating around there. You know, even with you know no D hop, they didn't have D hop for six weeks last year to start the season. And Hollywood Brown was able to look good in his absence. That's somebody that's still there. Um, yeah. Once again, James Conner, he's still there. So I think, um, of course, yeah, Isaiah Simmons is a a big piece to us because we see the talent, but he wasn't no, able he to be he wasn't able to be what he should have been on their team. So it's not a huge loss for them, you know. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, we know where he is. You know, that's a, that's definitely somebody you prefer to have, but. He's gone. I think Hollywood Brown is going to have a, a good season for them. Um, and they have a rookie. I can't think of his name right now, but they have a rookie wide receiver who looks promising too. Uh, so I, I definitely think that they're going to be able to get into some of these games and pull out a 17-13 victory, uh, uh, 24-21 to 21 victory four times this year, whether it be against the Rams, whether it be Seattle, whether it be – um, heck, a Carolina who I like I don't know I don't have the schedule in front of me, but yeah I have crazily I have more confidence in them getting the five games than I do the Rams. Okay, so now let's turn our attention to the Rams. Um, obviously you have them winning less games, uh, lesser games than what you have the Cardinals. Right. Uh, when I when I look at the Rams, I see a team that's very similar to the Arizona Cardinals, right? Kind of rebuild mode, right? Uh, they traded away Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins, I believe, for what a second round pick. Was it a second or third? Or I'm gonna look because I don't even remember what the compensation for that was. So I'll look. 
one or the other. So uh, they parted ways with, with Jalen Ramsey. We knew about the Matthew Stafford injury. Uh, the days of Odell Beckham are over. Um, they also a third. trade a third. Yep, they a third. They moved on from um, what was the receiver from Jacksonville a couple of years ago? Receiver uh, from Jacksonville. Uh, I think Robinson was his was his last name. I can't think of his first name right now. I believe it was Robinson. A receiver. Yeah. Play for the Rams. I don't know. I'm not about to think about it that hard. Yeah, he was I was there when, Blake, when Blake when Blake Bortles was in uh, Jacksonville. He was there. He was their number one. And then he went to the Bears. They traded him for a six round pick the the previous year. So the glory days are over. Is basically what I'm saying for the Rams. Ty Gurley, all those guys. This is rebuild, right? I don't think they have no one on their roster um, outside of number 99. I won't even say his name. I don't think they have anybody on their roster that they're just like glued to, attached to, stuck to for moving on at this point. Cooper um, Cup. Cup. I forgot about Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, injuries. Yeah. <clears throat> make you forget yeah. about some guys, man. Um, so I have them winning three to four games this year. Mm-hmm. I have them winning three to four games. I have them finishing third in this division. Uh, anytime you have the best defensive player in football, it has to mean something. It has to count for something. Um, it does it, but continue. Oh, it does. 99 is for real. Uh, Miles Garrett was for real in Cleveland all them years before they were able to do anything, too. It ain't account for nothing. It ain't account for nothing. They won a couple games. They won, they, they won more than three or four games every year he was there. Um, and they also lost uh, uh, Leonard Floyd this year, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just think, you know, basically they're going to find a way, like you said, to compete in these low scoring games. Uh, we know they don't have the offense to go up and down the field. Uh, you just brought up the point that they still have Cooper Cup. Now I feel even more confident about that. Uh, I definitely think that they find a way to lose, to win three to four games, unless obviously they tank for, for better drafting rights. So... I was about to sit here. When you started on the Rams, I was like, "Man, he's he's going to make me change my mind." When I really think about it, they're they're not they're not that much worse than what Arizona is. If, if they're worse at all, they may be on even playing field. Um, Especially but, when you take away Kyler Murray. Yeah, for sure. But then I was I I I was like, let me pull up their schedule because my mindset about the Rams is, okay, you get Matthew Stafford back, better quarterback. You love that. That offensive line is a question mark. We'll see how that plays out. You got Cam Akers back in your backfield. He's a decent running back. You got Tyler Higby. He's a decent tight end. You got Cooper Cup. Uh, couldn't tell you who their second wide receiver going to be, but it doesn't matter because you got Cooper Cup. Yeah, so nobody. So, yeah, it doesn't matter because you have Cooper Cup. Cool. Defensively, Aaron Donald... Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald. Like, that's that's about it. So, that leads me to believe that a lot of the games that the Rams, if the Rams are to win football games, they're going to be shootouts. How many shootouts is Matthew Stafford at this age winning with just Cooper Cup? 
I would say more than what the second string quarterback for the Cardinals is winning with Randell Moore, whoever's left over there in Arizona. I forgot about Rondell Moore. Yeah, that's a good I'm glad you brought him up. So Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown. I wish I knew the rookie's name. I should look it up, but I don't feel like it. Um and um then of course James Conner, Zach Ertz. Forgot about Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is healthy. No, he's healthy. He's back now. Yeah. Um but a defense that's gonna to, to my in my opinion, that's gonna play better than the Rams defense. I think Arizona's defense is gonna be better than whatever the Rams produce. But regardless of any of that, let's look at their schedule. Because what point how many games in do you think it would at what point of the season do you get to before you decide tank? For you. For me? If, yeah. If you were running this team, how many losses, how many what record do you get to before you're like, all right, let's tank this thing out? Realistically, if I'm the Rams, if we start 0 and four, like, yeah. Right, right then, you're like, okay. We got to, we got to tuck our tail. So their first game is at Seattle, won or loss? Loss. Then they're at home against San Francisco. Loss. Then they go to Cincy. Loss. Then they go to Indianapolis. That's a 50-50. That can be one of those games where we're talking about, hey, we got a chance here. Yep. And then they got Philly. Oh, that's a lot. So, so one in four through five games for Reds that, okay, let's, let's start looking at the tank now. Yeah. Yep. But let's go on the front. Let's go week six. You got the Cardinals. We're going to call that 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, week seven is the Steelers. I think the Steelers is probably a better team. I think that's a win for the Steelers. Still and then you got 50. the – I would still consider that a 50-50. Okay. And then you got week eight, Cowboys. So, through eight games – at best, three and five? Two and six. Two and six? Yeah, at best. Yeah, I, you can't after that. that <laughs> and, and, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the same reason why I was saying about the Cardinals almost, to be honest with you. Uh, their schedule, looking at their roster and their schedule, it's the same. It's like, it basically comes down to who who you're feeling more, who what team you're more confident in. Arizona, the Cardinals, they open up against the Commanders, right? Um, okay. I, de- I definitely think the Commanders' D-line and as a whole is just a better team than the Arizona Cardinals. Um, then they go on to the Giants. I think that's an easy win for the Giants. They got the Cowboys, easy win for the Cowboys. And then they got San Francisco, definitely a win for the Cow- uh, for San Francisco. And then you play the Bengals. So mm-hmm. there's a chance where they can start 0-6 Cool. Well, then you mm-hmm. go right back, and you got the Hawks, the Ravens, and the Browns. Um, that that's a tough schedule. Like if they go winless in that whole stretch, it wouldn't surprise me. Or if they manage to win two games, it doesn't surprise me. So mm-hmm. at some point, if both teams are identical at two and six have uh, have way, and whoever has the worst record is going to get the first round pick. If if I'm either team, I'm considering tanking. I think I think uh I think the Rams would consider it more so than the Cardinals. But also the Absolutely. thing about the Cardinals, the thing about the Cardinals for me, once again, I ex- 
expect Kyler Murray the second half of the season. That changes things for Arizona. Just having him at quarterback, regardless of what you feel about it. You know I'm not the biggest fan of him. But just having him back there at quarterback changes things. So you're saying week 10. Let's say, let's, yeah, let's say week 10. You're rolling well, where, where's their bye week at? Because we could probably go first. Their bye week is week 14. So let's say he don't even come back till week 15. Let's say week 15 is the first game we see Colin Murray next year. They're home to the 49ers. They go to Chicago. They go to Philly. And then they play the Seahawks. If you tell me that before then, the only game they hit, let's say before then they won two games. Let's say they beat the Rams in one of their games. They split with the Rams. And then let's say they beat Houston. And then they came down the stretch with Kyler Murray in these last four games and went two and two. That gives them four wins. I, I don't, I don't, looking at this, I mean, basically them and the Rams, of course, have the same schedule, you know, basically. Mm-hmm. But once again, we're talking about after eight games, if the Rams are two and six, what else we got? Like, who, who right. we got on, uh, uh, what's the name? Stetson Bennett? Let's see what you got. Matthew Stafford, let, let, you want to go somewhere else? We can see if somebody, somebody got hurt somewhere You that feel like you can, you know, keep them in contention. Yep. Let's ship you out, Stetson Bennett, Cooper Cup. We only going to play you so much because we'll need you getting hurt because, once again, you you one of the guys we want around for, you know. But for Arizona, is oh, Thomas back. Let's see what he got. Let's get him some run before next season. Let's, you know. So I think that's really what the difference ends up being is if both of these teams look like they're in tank mode early, it could change for Arizona late just because of Kyler, getting Kyler Murray back. And that could yeah. bump them to two more wins, three more wins it than could. the Rams. Yeah. yeah it could. It could. And that's really the biggest difference I think we see between that. Um, so we both got San Francisco winning the NFC West. We got Seattle right behind them. Rams, uh, Arizona, we both got them picking top five, top seven in next year's draft, which top they one, probably one, preferred. One and two. Going next year, uh, the K- the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. All right, so let's go to the NFC. Let's go to the NFC West. This should be uh, a mm, this probably won't be more interesting of a conversation, but we'll see. So the NFC West. Let's start from the bottom. Who do you have finishing last in the NFC West? Raiders. All right, why? What you what you got on the Raiders? Um, I just think that they are the least favorite. Team, I have um, the uh, of course uh, KC. KC, yeah, the Chargers and then the Broncos walking away with um, walking away with this division. Um, the Chargers, I'm not I'm not as big as on the Chargers and I'm at with everybody else. And the Broncos, I have to consider them bringing in Sean Payton and Russell Wilson playing better. Um, so I'm looking at Russell Wilson's ceiling, and I'm looking at Jimmy G's ceiling, and mm-hmm. I think Russell Wilson has a higher ceiling. And because of that, that's the only true – and Sean Payton, that's the only true reason why I'm taking the Raiders to be the worst team in this division. Um, the Raiders had a very busy um, offseason uh, with releases and uh, bringing other guys on, drafting the whole nine. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought on Tyree Wilson to go along with Max Crosby. I think that's going to be I love that. brilliant. Yeah, that's going to be brilliant. Two guys with the same motor. Um, 
same techniques and whatnot. Uh, I think good things are going to come with that. Uh, they were able to get Josh Jacobs under contract some way, somehow. Um, you do lose uh, Derek Carr, but you bring in Jimmy G. Um, you still got Devontae Adams. You also complement that with uh, Jacoby Myers. Um, so, and I you mean, lose Darren Waller, but you bring in Michael Myers. Yep. So, I mean, you, you replaced everything that went house. So, on paper, it looks great. Uh, they ensured the secondary a little bit more with Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Um, they did part ways with OJ Howard, but once again, he really didn't bring anything to the table. So, on paper, you you have more notable names, I feel like, with the with the Raiders. Uh, but I'm going to kind of lean my hat to Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl quarterback, could be a two-time Super Bowl quarterback, and Sean Payton, who's also had success in one Super Bowl. I'm going to lean my hat to that, to seeing a better version, thinking when healthy, I'm going to see a better version of uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, Cortland Sutton, still thinking that he hasn't touched his ceiling. Uh, they're going to find a way to, to be more effective running the ball. And they still have a pretty solid defense. So I'm, I'm just leaning my head more on knowledge and wisdom uh, and experience more than the younger talent that I'm that I'm seeing with the Raiders. So, okay, cool. I got Denver finishing last in this division. Okay. Um, Russell Wilson may have a higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has a higher floor. I think, once again, I think what we saw from Didn't Russell we? Wilson – I think what we saw from Russell, well, no, and I, I think I know for a fact Russell Wilson last year at quarterback, we've never seen from Jimmy G. <laughs> In a season of football, you've never seen that bad of quarterback play from Jimmy G. So I'm going to say yeah, that Jimmy G has a higher floor than Russell Wilson does. Jimmy G has been in some pretty good systems, though. Cool, and he's in another one with Josh McDaniels. Especially when your number one target is Devontae Adams, who's going to see 160 balls this year and going to come down with 120 of them, probably. I think the biggest thing for Jimmy G, uh, even probably more than Devontae Adams, is that they're going to be able to run the football. Um, True. But once, I mean, but they're not just going to run the football. Jimmy G is a capable quarterback. They didn't bring in Jacoby Myers in order and pay him what they paid him or order for him to just be a, a guy. Like they're going to use him. Like, they're going to throw the football a good bit. They get that man decent money. He got average money. They didn't go crazy. They I got mean, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Thomas got, what, 10? So, yeah, like, that, they gave him they gave him good quarterback money this offseason. I want to say that. <laughs> like, but like I yeah. Like, I, I feel what you're saying. So, maybe his flooring, he, he does have a higher floor. But I think Russell Wilson, I, I expect to see Russell Wilson play much better this year, right? Much better than I mean, what, what we saw last year. Oh, no, I was just about to say, maybe so. Like, yeah. I'm expecting him to, I'm not saying he's going to look like he looked last year. I'm just giving my argument as to why I looked at Vegas and looked at Denver and was like, yeah, give me Vegas. But that, that's the first thing. Quarterback, Jimmy G, I think I know, I know what Jimmy G is, especially if, he has a Devontae Adams, you know, as his number one receiver. Cool. You talked about Josh Jacobs. Had a good, you talking about the NFL's rushing leader last year. You got a good run game. Darren Waller out, Michael Mayer in. Michael Mayer was one of those tight ends we looked at uh, during the draft process and said, yeah, this is one of the, one of the best. He may, he may be the best tight end yep. in this draft. You add uh, Jacoby Myers, who we just talked about on offense, and then on defense, like you say, Tyree Wilson. Uh, 
somebody you didn't even bring up uh, just now. Matter of fact, I wanted to, I didn't want to cut you off, but uh, who was it? Uh, it's another DN. Uh, Jordan Willis, another rotation guy who's going to get out on that edge and be able to get after the quarterback. You talked about Marcus Peters who got added. Um, Marcus Epps at safety. Like that's because we talked about their secondary being the weakest part of their team last year. Probably still um, is. It probably still is, but it's better than what it was last year. Um, Couldn't get any worse. And 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 they're healthier than what the Denver Broncos is, even starting now. Like, yeah, right now, we're looking at Jerry Judy being hurt. We don't know what Javante Williams is going to look like, because it seems like, from what I hear, they're saying that he's good to go, but it kind of seems like he's being rushed back, which isn't going to be a good Um. They lost Tim Patrick already for the season. So KJ Hamlin is hurt too. Line already is the offensive line isn't great. So I have way bigger concerns about that Denver team than I do about a Vegas team that I looked at and I'm like on paper, average, you know, and I might look at that Denver team and say, Oh, this is a this is a good team. But then yeah. once I start marking off the injuries, it's like ah Nah, I don't think this team is going to actually be, you know, better than Vegas. What you thought. Yeah. Like I said, I'm definitely leaning more on uh, just on leadership, man. Uh, knowledge of the game and things of that nature coming from Sean Payton and Russell Wilson more than what I'm giving credit to the Raiders for at this point. If you go player by player, if you look at these teams on paper, I think the Raiders are mm-hmm. the better team on paper, but also have the – Consider Devontae Adams had what 14, 15 hard yards receiving last year. Josh Jacobs led the lead in rushing, I believe, if I recall. Um, he led the Yep. And with all that, they finished one game better than the Broncos. And we know how bad Russell Wilson played. We know how bad play calling was. We know how horrible they were at running the football. So if any of that improves, right? I, I, I got to take the Broncos. But I'll say the same thing about the Raiders. You give me Josh Jacobs being in that top five and running back again, Devontae Adams being a top two receiver, most likely, the way he's been, you know, going these past few years, and then you tell me that their defense is better. I Once again, I oh, okay, well, I can see them improving by two games of what they were last year. Gotcha. <clears throat> so, we're going to see that, that division just like we see every other one. Still. Yeah panning out the same. Uh, I expect you have KC winning this division followed by San Diego by three games or so. Three games? No. It's going to no. be a much closer. Uh, it's going to be much closer than that for me. Um, <clears throat> Justin Herbert in another season. You already know what I think of Justin Herbert. We're talking about somebody who I consider top five quarterback. Okay. Justin Herbert is that guy. After <laughs> uh, Eckler, once again, somebody who I think over the past two, three seasons, he's been top five in touchdown scores each season. I know he led the league two two years ago um, in touchdown score. We're talking about somebody who can run the football, who can receive it. He's one of the best receiving backs we got in this league. Um, Keenan Allen, you know what he is when he's healthy. Mike Williams, you know what he is when he's healthy. How they combat that, they go draft Quentin Johnson, Quentin Johnston out of uh, TCU. That's a guy that's going to be able to go out there and uh, and produce from day one, especially if he's able to go out there week one as their third wide receiver, you know, not being thrown into thrown into the fire as their number one and number two right out of the gate. Um, 
Defensively, we know what Bosa is when healthy. <laughs> we got uh, what Asante Samuel Jr. Hopefully, we get a full season of J.C. Jackson this year. Uh, Khalil Mack still over there. This is a really good team, um, and I think the difference between last year—I mean, last year they made it to the playoffs. They had that big meltdown against Jacksonville. I think the biggest thing difference between last year and this year is play calling. You know, out with uh, Joe Lombardi and with Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is going to be a way more uh, aggressive coach, but he's going to be a way more effective coach (laughs) as well. You know, I don't, I I can't, I can't say the Chargers need too much more aggression in their life, (laughs) but (laughs) but they need more effective. (laughs) But they need more effective play calling when it matters, and I think Kellen Moore is going to be able to present a scheme and. Uh, uh, effective play calling in those uh, those key moments that'll have them winning 12, 13 games this year, and then I will get to uh, Kansas City once we once I let you talk to the Chargers, I'll get to why I think Kansas City isn't winning 14 games like I'm questioning most people got you know got them winning. Yeah, so the Chargers, I view them just as how I saw them last year. Uh, if you tell me that they sneak into the playoffs, yeah, I see it. If you tell me you like their future and all this good stuff because of who their quarterback is, I see it. But I think that this was another team that was kind of assembled with a whole lot of team free agent additions that just haven't glued together, gelled together, and panned out. Um, Mike Williams had a pretty solid year uh, last year for them. Uh, Keenan Allen played the majority of the games, and combined, they still couldn't be the the overpowering receiving duel that we thought that they would be. They added another kid uh, this year as well. I can't think of his name. Johnson. Johnson. So, yeah, who's supposed to add a little bit more, although he's a big body guy, just like they are, supposed to add another layer, another flash to this offense. And if that's the if that's the case, then I do believe much more in this Chargers offense. Um, Austin Angler, right? All-world all world running back, man. Catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do it all. I have no issues with this team offensively, except for when they need to make the play, it seemed like an offense that failed to make it. Like you said, it could be play call. They it is play, play call. It's not could be. It is play call. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got play call. Uh, but, but also, it's a defense that was assembled as well that I have not seen lead the way. I haven't seen uh, these guys lead the lead in sex. I haven't seen the takeaways. Duran James missed a lot. He he was back last year. Duran James he missed a lot too, yeah. Yeah, you can make, well, he played a lot last year. You can make case he was probably the best safety last year. Um, Casey Jackson, didn't they acquire Casey Jackson? Casey Jackson, yeah, but he was yeah. hurt last year. Hurt he didn't play much last, last year. Played, yeah. I think he played two or three games. So, and now they got a Santi Samuel Jr. over there as well. He played last year. He played well last year. Yeah. So I'm saying it's a lot of names, right? It's a lot of key talent and and all this good stuff. But can you get the stop when you need it? Can you score when when we need it? Can you get the first down when we need it? Um, And then you got Big Brother in that same division with the Chiefs. Um, So I just think until I see it, right, until I see them surpass Kansas City, uh, and knock them off. I have to keep rolling with KC. I do think the Chargers make the playoffs again. I do think they find a way to be even better this season, but I still think it's going to be at least a two-game separation between them and the Chiefs. Okay, let's get to the Chiefs. 
Um, because once again, if, if yeah, I, I know you're real big on I believe in it when I see it. Uh, when it comes. And I, I just got one simple answer for everything you're about to say that concerns the Chiefs and why you don't think they're going to be successful. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't even know what the first thing I'm about to bring up is. My, biggest, my, first, my first concern with the Chiefs is Chris Jones not being paid. Oh, okay. That's number one. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't even think about that. So Chris, Chris Jones is... Chris Jones not being happy is not good for anybody in Kansas City. Uh I would say at this point, him being unhappy is more of an issue than if Kelsey or Mahomes was unhappy. Chris Jones is the defense in Kansas City. Ain't no question, ain't, ain't nobody else that I'm looking at and being like, yeah, they can, no, it's Chris Jones. Uh, I like Nick Bolton. I like Snead. Like, they got some good players, some good, you know, they got some good players who, in another year, they're going to look – hopefully they look better. But Chris Jones is the thing that makes that, that defense go. And if he's not there, then I have no hope in that defense at all. Um, I don't think he's been holding out. I'm not I'm – not, I don't think he's been holding out. If so, it's been a, a I'm showing up, but I'm not doing nothing type of holdout. Um, I don't think he's – yeah, I don't think he's uh, taking the Nick Bosa route. Nick Bosa just like, nah, bro. I'll, I'll show up when y'all pay me. I don't think he's taking that route. So we'll see what. Um, but that's that's where I start with things with Kansas City. Cool. Second, we're gonna go back to the same concerns that were talked about last year. Uh, can this be? a high-powered passing offense with Travis Kelsey and a bunch of scrubs. Or not scrubs, but a bunch of average players, you know, or, or unproven players. Because Scott Moore, I think, definitely has – hell, Scott Moore and Kadarius Tony have the potential to be really good wide receivers. We, we just haven't seen it. Um, yep. And then what is, what is it? Is Scott Moore, Kadarius Tony – there's Mark one Kelsey. more guy. Oh, MBS. Yep. Uh, Valdez Scantling. And then three tight ends that, uh, in addition to Travis Kelsey, who's going to get used at random times this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, will this be another year of, look, man, we told you, we don't need Tyreek Hill. We don't need anybody else. We're going to go out here and we're going to make y'all look silly with our passing game, which 100% could be the case. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game. Patrick Mahomes, the best wide receiver in the game. Andy Reid, probably the best offensive mind in the game. That 100% can be the case. I think that I'm not going to say which way, but I can see it going. I can see it being a, a, a lower-paced offense than what it's been. I can see it not being as high-powered as it looked last year uh, when it comes to the passing game. I'm definitely worried about that run game. I don't ever believe in that. So if their running game isn't going – as high-powered and as effective as they want it to be, can they turn to Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and get effective run, uh, an effective run game going? I don't – I'm not confident in that, maybe, but once again, it's something – So I think that, especially with how tough the AFC is going to be this year, that they're going to run into 
They're going to run into games where people can match match them on offense and play better than them on defense. And I think – I don't think it's going to be many games that's like that, but they're going to run it to them. And I think that brings them down to a 13-4, 12 and 5 season. So you sound like I sounded last year with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, all those well, I was saying, don't worry about it. <laughs> I was on the I was on the side of don't worry about it. They they got it. Don't even worry about it. Uh, and you didn't bring up to me what is the biggest issue outside of Chris Jones, and that was the departure of Orlando Brown, who played fantastic. Uh, for the Chiefs last year. Because uh, they replaced him with Donovan Smith. That's who they replaced him with, Donovan Smith? Okay. Yeah. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, after losing Tyreek Hill the year before, completely shut me up to the point where I cannot question anything concerning Kansas City offense, at least. Oh, running game has always been a question mark. I don't care who. Well, well it's, a, it's one of those teams to me that's going to run the ball good enough good enough by default. I just think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was just not good for that system. Therefore, he didn't produce. The moment you insert Isaiah Pacheco, the numbers double. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco ran, had, a, what, 170 carries for 830 yards with five uh, touchdowns. Uh, once again, like we spoke off air, my only concern about him is not getting any targets out of the backfield whatsoever. Yeah. Um, that problem. There you go. Uh, but and then we spoke about the slower pace. It seemed like Patrick Mahomes last year was even more calmer and observant in the pocket than he he was over the previous years of his career. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about a guy that threw for fifty touchdowns years ago. And I see what he done last year without Tyreek Hill, and I'm like, which one was the better year? Uh, I probably have to roll with this Super Bowl year that he just he just had last season, uh, where it was simple. Jawan Taylor, I knew they had got a better guy than Donovan Smith. Jawan Taylor is the guy that they signed to to replace Orlando Brown. I think he's going to be on the right. I think he's going to be playing right tackle, and Donovan Smith's going to be playing left tackle. Donovan Smith played left tackle last year, right? That was Orlando Brown's thing. He was mad about saying right tackle. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so now that he 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 doesn't have to look for Tyreek Hill, right? We saw a whole nother break of this this KC's offense, and it was the running game that we didn't know exists. You you remove that star player Tyreek Hill, and now it, it allows different lanes for us to run the ball. We already – it doesn't even make sense getting into play calling with Andy Reid. He, he, he knows what he's doing. It's always going to be good. Um, so I have no concerns about this Kansas City offense. The only concern is can they continue to protect Patrick Mahomes? And if that's the case, he is clear-cut number one, the best quarterback in all of football, and there's no one close. And I have to continue to ride with him. So my first – Okay, so my first argument about that is going to be um, Juju Smith as a wide receiver is better than any wide receiver they have last had this year. Him being a they they number one quote unquote wide receiver last year, which Correct. he put up a good year, but he's better than whatever they got in their room uh, for this year. That that's a 
Once again, we're talking about who, even hell, Tyreek Hill to Juju Smith is a huge drop off. But, I was just about to say that. Like, but yeah, even like, Juju Smith to the guys that once again we're talking about somebody Juju Smith who at least is consistent. We know he go. We know he gonna go out there and give you. We ain't got nothing but question marks when it comes to Sky Moore, Marcus Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius Tony, and whoever the hell is behind them. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, I don't. Let, let me say this: I don't have question marks about him. I just think with um, with Skylar Moore, it was more of he didn't get a chance to play. He didn't have a role, right? Everything and I and everything I read about him in college, I didn't see him as much in college as everybody else. But everybody loved the kid. I know yeah. there's a chance that the Saints were supposed to take him, uh, but he, for whatever reason, he didn't get a lot of playing time last season. I mean, they 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 still had a crowded receiving room with the departure of Tyreek Hill. So I'm sure it's going to come down to him just getting more opportunity. Uh, anybody who Andy Reid deems uh, good enough at this point to be a receiver, I'm rolling with it because I'm not looking at the receiver position. I'm looking at Travis Kelsey, and I know what I'm getting there. That is my number one receiver. Anytime we see man-to-man, we know what we're going, going, who we're going to, and that's Travis Kelsey. So I understand he's a tight end, but I view him more as a – Receiver, he's a number one option. So I I can kind of care less about who they put here and there at the receiver position. They all are comparable receivers. I have my true number one option in Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but just like any other number one option, that's where the attention goes. So what can you other guys do for me? Juju Smith was a safety blanket in those situations. I know if I go towards Juju, he's going to come down with the football. He's going to put me in a good situation to be able to make a play. I can't say that about Scott Moore. Can't say that about MVS. Uh, can't say it about Kadarius Tony because I never know if Kadarius Tony is even going to be on the field. Like, that's a huge difference in that situation because losing Tyreek Hill is, yeah, okay, hell, we got Travis Kelsey. That's cool. And we're going to go get Juju because that's a great route runner, and I know he's going to be open. He's going to get open when I need him to get open. I don't, I don't see any reason for, I mean, once again, I hope that Patrick Mahomes feels that confident in his guys, but on the outside looking in, we haven't seen anything from those guys to make us believe that. Well, I feel like anything that Juju, and no disrespect to Juju, but I, I just feel like whatever whatever service he was, MVS can be the same. Um, and we haven't seen it. Even in even in MVS's years in Green Bay, we we've seen a big scale. MVS is the one player on that team that we've got a big sample size of. Right, and, and he's like- so Juju Smith. But we're not asking him to go out there and win the game, too. So let's just say, for instance, MVS go out here and get 600 yards receiving. And I don't even care about the yardage. We're talking about situational football right now. When it's all eyes are on t- Travis Kelsey, who's going to be the guy that I'm going to be able to go to instead of forcing it in between these three guys that's over here with Travis Kelsey? Yeah. And will those guys be able to step up in those moments is what my concern would be. Because once again, in a tougher AFC, you're going to see a lot more of those moments this year. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I got you. Um, so, yeah, that's my thing. I, once again, we agree, Kansas City. I got them winning the AFC, uh, AFC West. It wouldn't shock me, though, if the Chargers uh, took, uh, took that division away from them this year. Uh, in a close battle, you one one game, two games. Um, but I mean, we see we see that pretty clear. We got two two playoff teams coming out of the AFC West, two playoff teams coming out of the NFC West. Um, 
And, I mean, next week we'll be able to go ahead and, or probably later this week, we'll jump into another episode and tackle the East teams or the North teams. But um, through four divisions, we got three playoff teams in each in each conference so far. One, two, yeah, yeah. Because we got two, we got we got two from uh, the AFC West and only one from the AFC South. Yeah. And then it's the same in the NFC. Yeah. Um. So when we sit back down later on this week, uh, it'll be after for sure. It'll be after cut. Um. Because cut's got to be made, I think, by tomorrow, 4 p.m. Eastern time. So that's coming. Uh, that's coming soon. Uh, and our teams will be down to 53-man rosters. Wednesday is when the waiver claims will start clearing, and we'll see who, you know, got moved to where. But, man, we are, I think, 13 days from football. I think we're 13, 13 right now. 13. From uh, from opening day, which is, again, Detroit Lions uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs. What in the world happened there? Are you serious? Yeah. That was weird. Um, yeah, the Detroit Lions against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and then, of course, our New Orleans Saints kick off Tennessee Titans uh, at home, you know, in New Orleans. So that's, that's definitely uh, – we're definitely looking forward to that. Uh, week one, week one of college football is uh, is Saturday. So that's, that's going to get us prepped – uh, that's going to get us revved up for NFL next week. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get back here and we'll talk more about – these cuts, we'll see what our 53 man roster looks like. We'll see who's able to stick around on our practice squad, uh, which I'm hoping Lucas Crow for sure is one of those guys that's able to, to make it to our practice squad. But uh, outside of that, you got anything else? That's it, man. We'll see you guys next week. Sure. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league If you listen close, I'm coaching, take key Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto If I don't do nothing, I'm a ball, line so Every time I do it, do it the coldest